And we are live. Hey everyone, my name is Ridwan. Welcome to Insing Life episode 2. Today we have Nikki Humaili with us. Hello guys. She's an <laughs> arts manager. Yeah. Who has worked in Umami Records and Foundation Music. Where she co-managed singer-songwriter Lin Ing. Mm -hmm. And she has also worked with the likes of BRB, Charlie Lim and more. Thanks for doing this, Nikki. No worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been having good conversation before this went on. So yeah. let's continue having such sure. conversations. <laughs> but now with this framework. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Like, one thing that I would love to know about you is... Because I've seen arts managers around. Yeah. And they do stuff. Yeah. So the first thing is, what made you choose arts management? And how do you arrive to where you are now? Right. So I think I was in, like in poly. Like I used to be from DMAT. And I realised oh, that I was... Same as he did. Oh yeah, I same see. as he did, yeah. And I realised I wasn't talented enough <laughs> to be a musician. So there like, was this module called bus uh, Music Business that like intrigued okay. me. And at that point of time, it was like very outdated and very old school. So like I learned about it, but I felt like there was like need more work into that. Mm. So it, it kind of like intrigued me to get into the music business kind of stuff. And I had like artist friends. So I started like managing them like like during poly times oh, like for so fun even back then yeah yeah I like see. the first um artist i managed was kai kai is one um he's a singer songwriter as well and then like i just helped with his epk um book him gigs and stuff like that it was just part of like trying out new things and then ever since then i realized that maybe hey like this can actually be something that i really enjoy because i realized i'm not talented to be a musician <laughs> I legit wanted to be like a like a professional trombone player last time. Trombone player. Yeah, I used to play Interesting. trombone. Interesting. Yeah, okay. but that didn't work out. So I I trombone shorty. That's someone I know that plays trombone really well. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that didn't work out, and then I figured like, hey, like why not just do this uh, music management or music business? Because I think it's more viable in that sense. And then after poly, I I got referred by a senior to to intern at Umami, mm. which was my previous company. And ever since there, it has kicked off my career in terms of working with like um, Lin Ying, Charlie, BRB. And ever since then, I've been you know, going out for more gigs and meeting more people. And yeah, I've been doing, I've been in Umami for four years already. So yeah, even though I left now, but I mean, yeah, that four years has been quite a vital part of my um, career, especially when it kicked off my, you know, to the industry itself. Cause, I was like an intern running around meeting people and I had to meet like Spotify people, Apple Music people. Ever since then, like um, I actually get connections and meet new people and, and I enjoy doing that and like helping artists grow from their music marketing plans. And yeah, I mean, ever since then, I've just been going around meeting people and like doing a lot of this like things for artists, yeah. Like, how do you first learn how to do it? Or was it through Googling about it? Or was it uh, someone um, that you saw doing it and you're like, okay, yeah. this is how an arts manager should function for someone who's yeah. trying to push their art out? Yeah, so Umami had this, my boss, my ex-boss, Kevin Fu. Oh, Kevin, yes. Yeah, he was my mentor. So I, I think he really helped me in like, um, you know, giving me advice and each time when I want to do something. Um, because like, you know, like, it's all about having the initiative, you know. It's because, like, like as much as someone, like, is there to help you, you got to help yourself to, like, find the right path for you. So, so even though when I wanted to start out with, like, management, man managing other artists, I asked Kevin for advice, and he gave me a lot of good, like, stories of, like, uh, how he used to manage Ling Ying and stuff like that. 
And that has turned over of me having the opportunity to manage Lin Ying as well. So I was co-managing her with Kevin. And ever since then, I've been like working with the artists that he signs um, under Umami uh, for their music releases. And yeah, so I think having a good mentor helps. And if that doesn't, um, if that is not to people's opportunity to have a good mentor, I think it's always about um, having the initiative to, you know, to get yourself out there. I, it's like, you can't wait for a, an opportunity to come. You've got to create them yourself. That's what I realised lah. Because like, it's like, you know, you got to hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I keep that, mind yeah, hustling. Yeah, it's, it's all about hustling and like, getting out there, meet people. Like, connection is important as well. So yeah, I think that has helped me in my career. So so you were there after DMUT, meaning yeah. you were interning while you were at LaSalle. Yeah, that's right. Because for yeah. the viewers, she's also a... The Cell Arts Management degree program, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're intending while studying. Yeah. Wow, that's that's very interesting. So you're studying about arts management while doing it day to day, week to week. Yeah. So on, on that note, can I ask like, say co-managing someone at Lin Ying, mm. what would be like a week to week process for you? What happens during the week? Well, it's just like, um, there are, so like managing someone is also like whether there's a busy days or, or um, yeah, there's a, there are also some slow days. Like, for example, like music releases coming up. So mm. it's about like coordinating with like, because for example, Laning, she has like different record labels like from the UK and US. So I had to be in the loop of like, you know, coordinating all the things for marketing plans for her music release, for example. And um, because they come in, come in at, I mean, they release at a different timing as well. So, mm. And they work at different timing because they're overseas. So it's all about like, you know, sometimes I go to school and then like I actually doing some <laughs> emailing, you know. Uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all part of the hustle and stuff like that. Um, and at the same time, just, you know, uh, sorry, I was about to say something, but I forgot. <laughs> I wanted to say something. Oh, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, like, you know, what, what I learned in LaSalle also has helped me uh, in my day-to-day kind of stuff. Because... Um, a lot of things that I've learned in Lhasa has always been very theory-based. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of given me a different perspective. Um, and also with the friends that I have, because they, they are from different art forms, that has also given me, like, different perspective. And it's like, you know, like, going to school, you just got to pick the things that you want to learn and need for your own career. So that's what I've been doing when I was, like, in Lhasa and, mm-hmm. like, part-time working at um, Umami Foundation. So, yeah, I think it's been, it has been quite helpful then. But at that point of time, it was just, uh, time was lacking because I really wanted to, you know, do this full-time but because school was holding me down. But now I graduated. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I graduated, graduated last year. Congrats. Yeah, and then I was with Umami for one year. Um, and I recently left, like, last month. So... So yeah, I think that one year has been has given me like um a good like uh foreground of like uh what's next for me. So yeah, I actually thoroughly enjoyed my four years at Umami and yeah, LaSalle has helped me lah. It's ways. interesting because from that perspective you were kind of refining your stats, you stats. know, as a character. Right. You're learning in LaSalle. Okay, I want this, I want this, I want yeah. this to up the stats in this, 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 mm. this as an arts manager. Yeah. It's a, it's a very unique perspective to be doing it real time or in the real world right. while studying about it also. Yeah. Would you be open to mentoring someone now? Like, 
Like how Kevin did. Yeah, I mean, I would really love to. I mean, this is actually one of the reasons why I did this talk. Okay, because like right, I have right. this um, because because Kevin also gave me opportunities to do like um, industry talks previously. I see. Uh, in place of him, and I think that has given me the confidence to also share my knowledge, and I think that's like my um goal in the future, like to also like give back my knowledge to the music industry or like even aspiring music managers or artist managers because I really believe in like the younger generation right now um, because they have so much ahead in their future. So I guess like like I was saying like in DMAT, the what I learned was very like old school. Mm. So I kind of wish I actually had someone like, like giving me like good um, knowledge about the current situation of the music industry and and that was what lacking in, in like my time and I wish to give back to someone right, there. Yeah. So yeah, actually that was the reason why I love doing like these sharing sessions and I hope to do more. Um yeah, it's just it'd be it'd be interesting. Yeah. Like for you to I guess you call it guest lectures. Yeah, yeah. In schools for music business now. Huh? Right. Because then it'd be more relevant yeah. than a syllabus that was written maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, right? Yeah, so I, I think I had... I would want to go for one of these things. <laughs> to, to listen to you talk All right, about. yeah. I mean, I was with Hide <laughs> for like the LaSalle talk. Oh, okay, okay. So I think LaSalle also gives like uh, quite good opportunities for you to connect with people as well. So, so yeah, I enjoyed these things. <laughs> like, a question I have for you is... With regards to an artist mm. like starting out, or even in the middle of their sort of creative career, they've, they've started writing music right. and they're thinking about the next step. Where do you think in that timeline an artist should think about potentially having an arts manager in their... Right. In their career. In their viewfinder, in their career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, my my own um, like honest opinion on, on this is that like I personally feel like especially young artists, they should try out their own. Like self-managing in terms of like finding out um, uh, like how to market their own music, doing a lot of research. Because like, I always give this advice to like my artist friends first because like um, it's, there's no rush to finding an arts manager. But there comes a time when you need an arts manager when you really need to focus on like your own craft and you know what kind of arts manager that you want. Let's say for example, you need an arts manager just for financial stuff or like liasing or whatever and then you can like focus on your music craft. I think um, a lot of like younger artists these days, they, they jump into like, oh, I need an arts manager because I'm lazy to do like the right. back end stuff, you know. Right, right, right. So I feel like there's always a need for like artists to also learn a bit of the back end stuff so that you know what's a what what is a good arts manager for example. Mm -hmm. So like you can't just jump into like having an arts manager and then like oh she's doing everything for me and then you don't know anything about uploading your music and stuff can like I, that. Can I pause you there for yeah, a bit? Because sure. you just mentioned back end stuff. Yeah. Like so how would you define an arts manager mm. in this current ecosystem and day and age? What is the purview of an arts manager in this in this world right now? Sorry, what do you mean like, about that? So let's say you say it's almost like an umbrella term you use, back-end stuff. Yeah, so yeah, what, yeah. what is back-end stuff? So it's like behind <laughs> the, really the behind the scenes, uh -huh. like, you know, like you represent the artists, you, okay. you pitch them for gigs or um, even like when it comes to as simple as like uploading your music to Spotify or Apple Music. Right. I think a lot of artists these days, let's say, oh, I want to start something, I don't know what to do, mm -hmm. I need an mm -hmm. arts manager to do it. But actually you can do this all DIY because yeah, especially in this day and age, like we have like a lot of distributors or 
you know, free aggregators and, all that, right? and stuff Just like that. that can, yeah, they can actually like, you know, you can do it yourself. So yes, yes. you don't exactly need an artist manager to do that. But if, let's say, there comes to a career that you are wanting to go to your next stage, for example, like, um, you know, helping you with like grant writing, I mean, ah. yeah, or like... Grant you know, writing meaning... Applying to NEC. Uh, applying to NEC or like, you know, pitching you for shows. Right. And also finding the right arts manager who works because like, it's all about the relationships and like the aura that you have with that person. So if it's someone that you trust, I think that's very important, like finding an, a right arts manager. Um, it needs to be someone um, that you trust because you are putting your whole career into someone, you know. Mm -hmm. And then like, um, they also... I mean, it doesn't matter if they do not have the connections yet, but you guys can grow together, you know what I mean? So that's what I did, like, in LaSalle, like, to work with, like, friends and who I, like, trust and, mm. like, in their music and stuff like that. And then, not LaSalle, sorry, D-Met. Yeah, that, that, like, I, yeah, and then I grew. And then, like, yeah, so it's all about, you know, growing together as a team, you know? And, yeah, it's not necessary to have, like, to have an arts manager, like, ASAP. Like, okay, you know, kind okay. of thing. Just take your time, figure out what's like good like, for literally you. Try doing it for a bit, also. Yeah, right? I think like I think that's very crucial to know what's a good arts manager. Yeah, that's. I do. I, I do view like your role as a specialist. Because I've, I've had to do this myself. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, find distributors. Or yeah. How to push art out yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I see people like you doing it, to a high level for people I respect. Mm -hmm. And I see the things you all do that people don't... They're not aware that okay, there's a human being that's pushing all these things out yeah. in a timely fashion, in a very efficient manner. Yeah. So that their art gets pushed out to the biggest audience that they can have at any yeah. point in time. Yeah. So I, I deeply respect that. Oh, thank you. And <laughs> so, so one thing I was wondering, like, what's next for you since you've left Umami? Right. Yeah, so I think... Um, I left Umami because my contract ended as well and I wanted to, you know, figure out what's next because I've, ever since like Polly to LaSalle, you know, I, I've been working so I just wanted to take a break and figure out what's next and uh, I think especially during this COVID time, it has given me some time to work from home and, you know, figure out what's next. So I'm probably going to do some freelancing um, in terms of like helping um, like emerging artists and also uh, co-managing some artists like Lin Ying, um, representing them especially uh, because I think that has been my niche and my passion since mm. the start. Um, it can be as little as like oh, helping them for their music marketing, for their releases and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think that's what I'm going towards. Um, yeah, it's just figuring out what's next. I'm not rushing into it. Okay. So I'm really taking like crucial steps because like... I want to, you know, because I'm still new to this freelancing thing and it's not, especially at this COVID timing, it's not a good time to freelance, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> thankfully, I have this like sideline baking thing. Yeah, I hear you yeah, have a home bakery. Yeah, home bakery thing. So it gives me like constant money, but at the same time, my passion still like lies within music. So I, I do right. want to take some time to figure out like how, how to does this freelancing works. Yeah. It's quite scary to be honest. It is, right? Yeah. Because it's, no certainty. Yeah, You don't exactly. have a monthly paycheck or so. Exactly, That's one thing. yeah. One, like, how, how would someone be able to approach you for, for let's say, an indie artist mm. who is now thinking about how I can improve things for myself? Yeah. How can someone approach you for advice? Right. Say, is there, is there, what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, or? so, like, people can reach out to me, like, at 
at Nikki Wears Tiara. Okay. Nikki, yeah. N-I-K-K-I-W-E-A-R-S Tiara. <laughs> I mean, that's my personal <laughs> Instagram. Um, oh, would you prefer people emailing you? Yeah. Um, my email is nikkihomiley at gmail.com. Okay. Um, if someone wants to reach out to me about like Okay. Any advice or anything, I'll be happy to have a coffee and chat, you know. Yeah. Because it's all about like, you know, like there's a lot of like talented like younger artists these days that we are so focused on like, you know, not as in we don't know about them. So it's all about like f- f- like searching for them and like figuring out what's like the new buzzing artist kind of thing. Because I, I would love to have a coffee with you sure. as one of these budding artists. Oh, really? To find out like what are the avenues I can explore right. beyond this point. Right, right. From your point of expertise and experience. Right. And I'm also sure because you have like a network of connections yeah. and things like that to leverage on in. Yeah, yeah. So I think for the viewers out there, we will list her email address in the description. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be emailing her also. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you can have my number instead. Uh, yes, that's, that's, better. that's better. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, mm. we have a featured musical guest. Oh, really? Episode. That's cool. So it's, a, it's this band called Oh Dear. Right. And I had a dream about the band name, but... Okay, I shall not go into my dream about the band. <laughs> but what they are, they are a four-piece instrumental band. Right. And they kick ass. Oh, cool. They're going to play a song entitled A.E. So let's listen in for a while. And we'll come back after their song. Take it away, Ryan.
Alright, I hope you enjoyed Odier's song entitled AE. You can follow them on your Instagram handle, which I hope is displayed on the screen somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nikki, one question that I have in the back of my mind is, what are the approaches you would take to maximize your artist's growth? Right. If you don't mind sharing your secrets. No, no. I mean, it's no secrets actually. It's always on Google. <laughs> but like, I think it's always about knowing like the right audience for artists. And when it comes to music marketing, especially for their releases, it's the the marketing part and engagement is the hardest part because especially when you are starting out as a like a new artist, you gotta find your audience. And thankfully, there's like you know stats on Spotify, Apple Music that kind of help us now. But at the same time, because, you know, we are in a small music industry, it's always about exporting uh, your music overseas. So it's a bit hard of reach, but because of social media nowadays, there's always uh, ways of engaging um, with, like, um, like audiences from Thailand, for example. Let, let's say there's a priority market. So one way of doing so, I think, would be um, understanding how the market works. So in Thailand, they really... Um, they're very open to international music, but because over there, their music industry is uh, about like the local language. So if you can get like collaboration with like a local artist there, and then with you know there's a cross collaboration going on, and then there'll be a cross pollination of audiences. I think that would generally help to create content. Not only will it create content, but also like kind of exchange of fans. Of course, it needs to be fitting with like the artist as well. So I think that's how like um you can maximize growth because in this day and age, there's always like social media and like everything. Even finding the next collaboration for you, it can be through an email or through Instagram. Um. So yeah, it's all about like putting yourself out there, like you know, for younger artists out there, to find the right people you can work with. Um. So like to have like artists to collaborate and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, I, I think that's like how you can maximize like your potential audience growth. Yeah. That's really cool. You're yeah. finding an entry point. Yeah, finding for an entry your point. artists based on your understanding of your artists also. Yeah. And also oh. it's about like understanding data. Yeah. I think now Spotify, Apple Music, there's always a lot of data. Um and we should be thankful for that because last time in the olden days, we don't know, mm. you know, they only sell CDs but we don't know who we're selling to, you know. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, there's a lot of data knowing where the audience are at and that can bring you to like going on tours mm. or like doing small little gigs there. Um, even though COVID now is like a bad timing but there's potential of doing live stream there or something. Mm. Yeah. So it's finding like different um, exciting ways of how you can penetrate to those markets. I think um, because like I said, like, you know, the music industry here is very small. It's always about exporting. Mm. So that has always been my goal for all the artists that I work with. It's about exporting their music internationally and finding the right market for them. So yeah. It's amazing man. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> one one last question. Yeah. To perhaps cap this short combo. Right. Is what advice would you have for a person who loves music right. is in secondary school right now. Oh, <laughs> they are born in two thousand. Right, <laughs> no, but it is. No, that, that's probably the case. And then you're thinking about the future. Right. How to marry your love for music with a potential lifestyle or career path. Right. Exactly. And in this sense, if they were suddenly open to the idea of arts management, right. What would you? Um my advice to them is to definitely have the initiative. I think that that's what kept me, you know, made me started in this career 
to really go out for gigs. I mean, not now because cause COVID. <laughs> it's going to come back. But it's going to come back soon, yeah. hopefully. Um, but go out for gigs, like make friends in a way that is like more professional or like um, just like get out there and like meet new people. And you never know from that guy that you met, like, you know, um, they can be a potential like uh, like partner in like that works in Apple Music or for example. Mm. You know, like, yeah, just get out there, have a lot of initiative, meet people. Connection is important. Um, so having a good business card <laughs> would be good. Uh, and yeah, just be yourself generally and have always have an open mind because it um, uh, doesn't mean that you're from the music industry, you're always learning about the music stuff. Always like find out how, like maybe like how people market visual arts or theatre could also be an interesting way to like, you know, help your artists. Mm. So a cross collaboration of like art forms, that'd be interesting as well. So always have an open mind to learn new stuff and and yeah, just just do research. La. I think research is very important as well. Yeah, on the artist. Yeah. That's really good advice. Yeah, really no worries. I hope so. <laughs> I think it's worked for you for sure to this point. Yeah, I just need just need to be passion driven, especially like mm. in in these times. Like, music doesn't really like pay. It's like a, it's not like a <laughs> uh, like you know a vital not vital how to say it? like they don't pay much lah. Uh, uh, I'm going to the essential. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean uh, it's all about passion lah. Yeah, it's, it's right. really it's really like trying to find new ways for yourself to mm. grow as an arts manager. And thankfully, like, you know, with, like, a positive mindset and open-mindedness, it has brought me to where I am today. And, yeah. So, yeah, just be just be yourself and, like, enjoy it. Enjoy the process, yeah. I look forward to more. <laughs> yeah, thank from you. From this point on, yeah. <laughs> look forward to having you it, as, <laughs> as a moderator. Coffee, as well. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> and I think that's about all the time we have for today. Yeah. Thank you, Nikki, for doing this. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you, Odia, for being our musical guest. We are Instinct SG. Follow us on the exact same account name on like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook yeah. And what this is, this is a weekly podcast, not a weekly podcast, a monthly podcast, where we feature practitioners from various fields, from sound engineering, arts management, <laughs> education, and perhaps in the future from dance and theatre as well. Basically, we feature anyone that we want to hear from. Cool. And I think on that note, we're going to end this stream right now. I hope you enjoyed this episode. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>